Could you please open your Bibles to uh, John chapter 4 this morning? John chapter 4. And I just want to say uh, thank you all and uh, Pastor Kevin, staff, uh, for having us back. Uh, a little shocked, to be honest with you. A little shocked. Um, but uh, I heard nobody else was available, and that's okay. Again, for those that uh, are visiting for the very first time, I don't know what brought you to the church except the Holy Spirit, and I'm thankful that you're here, and I ask your forgiveness. Um, please come back next week. I promise you, it gets a lot better. It gets a lot better. Um, let's see. You know, I'm not going to teach this the way I taught it at the first service. And, and, and the reason I'm not doing so is because I don't feel like it. No. Uh, <laughs> just in the back, I just kind of felt like the Lord saying, hey, I want you to hit on this this time, and I want you to hit on that this time. So the good thing, I don't know really anybody here, a handful of people I know. I don't really know your personal stories or anything like that. So if I offend you in something that I say this morning, and I will, um, please understand it's not personal. I'm not poking it at you. Can we just say, hey, maybe the Holy Spirit's working here, and maybe the Holy Spirit wants to do something in, in someone's life here, uh, maybe all of our lives, right? Amen. Now, we're, we're in John chapter 4, and, and this won't really reflect on anyone here. You, you're not going to get anything out of this unless um, you've made mistakes in the past, um, you have issues, um, you, you, you've done things you're not proud of, uh, you've done things you hope nobody ever finds out about then maybe you'll get something out of this. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, let's pray. Father, our, uh, our Bibles are open. Our hearts, Lord, are open. Father, we ask that this place, that you would make it holy ground Lord, that our hearts and our minds would be completely devoted to you. Lord, lead us. Father, you know what you got when you saved us. You didn't save us because we were perfect. You saved us because we were headed to hell. And I pray for anyone in this room this morning, anyone watching online, anyone in overflow or anywhere else that can hear my voice. If they're not saved today, Lord, may today be the day of salvation. Lord, please, that no one would perish, Lord, because we know that is your heart. May our hearts align with yours. Lord, speak to us through very familiar scripture, Lord. May you extract from it, Lord, the things that I could never come close, Lord, to speaking about. We love you. Give you our hearts again today. We love you. We uh, ask blessings on Pastor Kevin as he delivers the word. And Lord, may the word come from his heart, from his mouth, and may it rent hearts in two, Lord, where he's teaching there in Tennessee. Bless, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, so Kevin, you know, as you know, he's in Tennessee. Uh, it's good to be here still in the state of North Carolina. I live in North Carolina. I love America. I uh, wasn't born in America. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, so, some of you from Brooklyn, huh? 
Yeah, they chased you out too. I know. I know. So we come to John chapter 4. The lines. And the clock's still not working? Praise God. John chapter 4, it's such an interesting placement. It comes after 3. Okay? Huh? Huh? Deep. No, but what I mean by that is chapter 3 of John is some of the most just rich soil. Man, you have Jesus at the height, really, of ministry right now. You have the teacher of Israel, all right? Uh, Nicodemus, we call him Nick at night. He can't come out in the daytime, right? He's got to wait till all the, all the, the big wigs, right, uh, are, are eating or sleeping or doing whatever they're doing. And he comes under the cover of night, and basically he's asking Jesus, who are you? We know, you, we know that you have to be sent from God because nobody can do the things that you're doing unless he's sent from God. And he was right. He had read the, the scroll of Isaiah. He knew. He knew. There's something different about this guy. This guy, he's not looking for, uh, you know, public uh, acknowledgement. And he won't even tell me who he is. And basically, Jesus cuts the, to the chase, right? You know the story. He says, man, listen, I know what you're looking for. You must be born again. Yeah. And, and Nico's all jacked up. He's like, born again? I killed my mother. What are you saying? And Jesus goes, wait you are the teacher of all Israel and you don't know these things? What's the matter with you? <laughs> this took place in Brooklyn somewhere. I don't know where. I'm looking. It's someplace in there. And Nicodemus walks away going, I, I don't get it. Now the height of his ministry? Listen, chapter 4, it starts out, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, and then John, the, the gospel writer, tells us, though Jesus himself didn't baptize, but his disciples. So you have 12 guys baptizing a whole bunch of people. Jesus knows the Pharisees heard about this. He left Judea. And he departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. If you look at the map, geographically, you go, well, there was a major trade route there, but he didn't need to go through Samaria. Matter of fact, Samaria, he's making a right turn. Like, what are you doing? Just go straight. You're God, and you don't know the quickest way to get to where you're going is a straight line? And I like the King James. He must needs go through Samaria. I love that. Let me tell you something. This is an area. And Jesus this morning says, I must needs go through some other area. It's this area. And the Lord wants to work. Listen, this church, he wants to work this room. He wants to work your lives. I don't care how put together you are. There's work that needs to be done in you and in me. In me. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Uh, you know, again, I said at the first service, I'll say it again. We're not going to get too deep into that. It's Shechem, for those of you that um, like Old Testament. Uh, and you know all the stuff that took place at Shechem. It's a cool town. 
Well, that's where Jesus comes. But New Testament, it's called Sychar. Still there, still there today. Uh, Muslim. There's a church over where uh, Jacob's well was, of, of course, ugly church. And uh, I don't know why everybody has to build a church over something, but okay. Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. And again, if you don't know what we're talking about there, maybe you're new to scripture, you're new to Bible study. Kevin's got tons of teachings on, on this topic. Uh, many pastors have teachings on this topic. You should know this stuff. Uh, this stuff should be like 101 uh, to you, that you know where Shechem is, you know what took place, why is it important, why did he give it to his son Joseph, who was Joseph. Um, all that stuff is important. But for today, we want to look at the heart of Jesus Christ. I want to know, I hope you want to know, why did he need to go through Samaria? Right? Well, and we know he went to a woman. The other thing is, if you know the story, you know it's just Jesus and this woman. The 12 guys, they go out to get sandwiches, pizza, burgers. We don't, maybe there's a five guys. I don't know. I don't know why it takes 12 guys to go grocery shopping. We're not told. But it's just a woman and Jesus. How do we have this story? See, the beautiful part, and I'd like to think, you know, we see revival break out in Samaria in the book of Acts. And I'm wondering if this woman, we don't know her name, if she gave the story to the disciples. John fascinated. So that's what you were doing this morning, that morning. Got it. I, I'm going to write, I'm going to take, I'm going to put this in, in my gospel. The other three gospel writers didn't write about it. Maybe just kind of fearful of writing about a Samaritan woman. Maybe it would misconstrued. Maybe he wouldn't, people wouldn't understand. John goes, nonsense, I'm going to write it. And I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. It teaches us something about the heart of God. It teaches us something, how we're to look at others. Because you know her story. We're going to get into it, but you know her story. Oh, this one here, man. She had needles in her arm last month. Now she's pregnant. No man in sight. There's no help for her. How easy, man, we push people off that we think there's no hope for, you know? And we're the church. Yeah. We want to believe. We want to trust. We want to say, please, I know God can help you. Yeah. But when they fail again, and they will, because they're broken vessels, do we just give up? I must needs go through Samaria. His disciples must have been like, why? Why, why would we want to go there? When, when are we supposed to deal with them? You want to go through there? This isn't going to go well. <laughs> now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey. I love that he was fully God. I love that he was fully man. I love that he gets tired because he understands when we get tired, right? He wasn't, he, he was wearied from the journey. He's not wearied of doing ministry, but these tents can only go so far. Soon and very soon, we'll put off these tents and, and we'll put on uh, some new machines that don't need fuel, Right? Don't need to eat, although we will. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
We'll eat and we'll eat and we'll eat and we'll still have eight pack abs. Be like, ah, what's up? <laughs> Can't wait for that body, man. Until then, all right. He's wearied from his journey and, and he sat by the well. And it was the sixth hour. It was 12 o'clock noon. At that side of the world, it's the hottest time of the day, man. Hottest time of the day. This time of the year, it's in the 90s. And Jesus takes a seat by that well. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, which immediately should be highlighted in everybody's Bible. Why is she there drawing water at 12 o'clock in the afternoon? The reason being, she can't be there with the other women. Early in the morning, 6.30, 7 o'clock, is when all the women of Samaria would come to this well. Everybody wants this water. Why? It's living water. In other words, there's no junk in it. I'm from like the Lake Norman area. You take water out of Lake Norman and you go, ooh, life. And you don't want to drink that. You know, people say, oh, there's this water filter thing that you pour it on and it goes into this canopy. You can drink it. You drink it. I ain't drinking it. I don't care how it filters. But this well, this well is amazing. And you want to get there early. She can't get there early. She's not welcomed at the well. And it's this same woman that doesn't feel welcomed coming into our churches. Now I'll speak for my church. She may not feel welcomed coming to our church. Why? Well, because it looks really put together. And it looks like those people in there really have it put together if she had any clue. Any clue. And we got former heroin addicts at our church. We got former drug dealers at our church. We even have a former pimp. I, I was like, you're a what? <laughs> uh, you can't be here. No. And, he's, and, and he's one of the nicest guys in the world, but gave his life to the Lord. I, I even heard that we have somebody in our church, former gangster, mobster, collector, <laughs> and he's in our church. He's the pastor. Anyway. People don't know that they're welcome in our church. Why? Because we're all failed people. But we have an amazing God. An amazing God. This woman's broken. Nobody wants to get water at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, man. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And I think that's how he said it. We don't know. I know he didn't yell at her. And it tells us he's asking her for a drink, at least how John puts it, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Jesus sees this girl. She's an outcast. She don't want conversations. The last thing she wants is conversation, especially with another man. She's hated, listen, she's hated in her Samaritan culture. There's still Samaritans on the planet today. Uh, last count, probably about 330 of them. She would still be hated today uh, as a Samaritan woman. And, and for those of you wondering, well, what is a Samaritan? Well, they were Jews. They were Jews. But then Assyrians came in, 732 uh, BC. They intermarried. And then the true Jews said, no, you're half-breeds. We hate you. We hate you more than we hate uh, even the Gentiles. Matter of fact, you're not even allowed to worship in Jerusalem next to us. You go worship somewhere else. Wow. 
glad nothing like that happens in our day. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, him to Jesus, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. And you go, well, how did she know that Jesus was a Jew? Well, he'd be wearing a robe. And at the bottom of that robe would be something called a craspedon, six to eight inches uh, in lapis blue. It would give him away. So she knew. Wait, you're a Jew. Samaritan women won't even deal with me. Samaritan men only want one thing from me. But you're a Jew. You're not even supposed to be in my area. And I just wonder, you know, my mind's eye goes, what was it like when she had to walk past the disciples on their way to buy food? Did the disciples see her coming and just, oh boy, look away? Because, you know, that kind of stuff, that lives with you a long time, even when you have Jesus in your life. It's like, ugh. It takes, it takes a, a work of the Holy Spirit to get through that stupidity. <laughs> She's blown away. You're asking me? You're willing to defile yourself. You're supposed to hate me. Jesus answered and he said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. For them, again, living water was, was spring water down in this well. You could drink it right there. You didn't have to worry about filtering it out. There's nothing, no tadpoles, nothing in it. It's good water. And this water happens to be some of the best on the planet. Jesus says, man, if you would have asked me, I'd give you living water. She hears, gift of God. Another man, another promise. I've been there. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing. I put a period in my Bible right after that. Because I think what she's really saying is, listen, buddy, you got nothing for me. You got no Don't make me your promises, the gift of God. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. My life is a mess. And if you even knew what I was like, you wouldn't even talk to me. have nothing to draw with and the well is deep her well was deep deep wounds deep hurt this woman's a mess the tears she must have cried the pain she suffered and and here's the thing we don't even know maybe this is the night she decided she was going to off herself we we know she's been married multiple times the guy she's with won't even marry her. I must needs go through Samaria. Because you know, guys, in Samaria, there's this little girl. And I can still see her as a little girl. She had hopes. She had dreams. No little girl dreams of being married and divorced numerous times and then living with a dude. So dudes that are listening, 
your woman doesn't want to live with you. She wants you to marry her. And here's another one. And, and because I leave here in a little while and I don't have to deal with this. Um, <laughs> sorry, Kevin. Um, God cares about marriage. Right? If it's just a piece of paper and it makes no difference, it'll always be just a piece of paper. No, it's a commitment before the Lord Jesus Christ. Make an honest woman out of her. Make an honest couple, okay, that can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't say, we can serve God even if we're not married. Nonsense. Nonsense. God doesn't need it. God doesn't want it. God won't use it. Okay? And here's the dangerous part. If you feel like you're being used, listen, the person that's using you is Satan himself. Because if you're not honoring God with your life, he can't get any glory from it. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father, uh, Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and he said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks of the water of this life, whoever drinks of the water of relationship, the water of shopping, listen, your credit card statements read loud and clear. You have issues with shopping, okay? Amazon, 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 water bill, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. And why? And why? Because we're from America. And it's easy. And somehow, even though we love the Lord Jesus Christ, we feel in our hearts, yeah, I have Jesus, but if I just get this quilt, I'll be complete. (laughs) If I just get that sewing machine, look, I'm a good steward. It's $20 online, cheaper than I can get it at the regular store. Then you get the sewing machine, you go, wow, it's really a piece of junk. And it didn't satisfy. It doesn't fulfill you know, we, 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 we serve everything on the horizontal when our worship needs to be everything on the vertical. Amen. If you'd have known, if you'd have asked, you're going to drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. You know, if you're going to go from relationship to relationship to relationship, you're going to thirst again. Nothing's going to satisfy And because there's no kids in here, let me just say, uh, ladies, be careful giving yourself to a dude, okay? Be careful sharing your heart, your dreams with some guy who is not hanging around that you would hope, oh, this might be the one. Well, when he puts a ring on your finger, he might be the one. When he signs the marriage license, he might be the one. When he says, I do, then you can. But until then, all you're doing is sharing your life with somebody who just might just take off. Man, let him get some skin in the game. Amen? I've got a 15-year-old daughter and a whole bunch of ammunition. (laughs) Um, We're going to ensure she marries correctly. Help me, Lord. No, listen, I, 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 um, I feel kind of like 
weird up here today because uh, I normally, you know, preach armed. But because you got a bunch of cowboys walking around here with guns on their hips, I figured <laughs> I'll leave mine aside. <laughs> a Glock for the flock. Anyway. <laughs> oh, and I'm not complaining, by the way. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, that I shall give her, will never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. I know your pain. I know your hurt. I know what you're, you're trying to do. I know you had dreams as a little girl. I, I know how you thought it was all going to work out. I know the first marriage didn't work out. I saw how that ended. And then you started drinking from that same well again, and that didn't end well. And then your third marriage didn't end well. Whoever drinks from that well, you're going to keep thirsting. You're going to keep searching. You're going to keep wanting something that you cannot find in people. It can only come from the well that you drink of in me. And listen, that's for you ladies, gentlemen, gentlemen, same thing. I, I'm a happily married man of 19 years. It's been 19 great years for me. Three or four for her, 19 for me. Great years. But please understand, I can't, I can't satisfy her in the way that she needs satisfa satisfaction. Oh yeah, I can make her happy. You know, we're, we're, we're really, really, we, we get along great. We're great friends. We camp together. We hang out together. You know, we love date night. Uh, you know, we love getting the kids out of the house um, so we can play M Monopoly. Uh, you know, we, 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 we do well. We do well. But she has needs that I can't fill, right? I can't fill that. I have needs that she can't fill. I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's my normal routine. I open up a Bible that has no marks in it, and I just sit before the Lord. And it's not long before, man, there's weeping, weeping out of my eye. I'm just crying out. Lord, you're so good. God, you're so great. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. God, I don't know how I got to this place today from the man that I was. God, but please keep doing that work in others around me. My wife can't do that for me. The only time she, I, she brings tears to my eyes is when I see the credit card bill. <laughs> no, she don't have a credit card, so she don't, I don't know. About that. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. We've experienced this, I hope, church. I hope each and every one of you have experienced this living water that the Lord Jesus Christ entered your life and did a work in you. You're a new creation. You're a new work. We're not the same old ruffians we used to be. We don't think the same. And yes, we're all in process. You go, man, but I'm still kind of there. Yeah, give it some time. God's working. The Holy Spirit is real. You have to, you have to want it. You have to desire it. Hey, Lord, please come work in my life. I need this living water, Lord. And, and we all do. The woman said, missing the point, not realizing who he was, 
Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Yeah, I don't want to come back to this well anymore. Yeah, I understand it's a great place. I understand it was given to, you know, to our fathers. I get it. But you know what? I'm tired of being made fun of. I'm tired of coming to this well and one of the women sees me. When I leave the town, they make fun of me as I come up here. You don't think I hear their remarks? I'd like to punch them out, but then they just throw me out of the town. You know how she's thinking. This is a no-nonsense woman. She's been around the block. She's a, she's a, a knock-around gal. And she can't relate to anybody. All of a sudden, Jesus says, go call your husband and come here. I think there's a pause. I think he lets her vent. Right? He doesn't stop her. Yeah, that's a stupid argument. What are you saying? None of that. He just listens and he goes, go call your husband and then come back here. I'll explain it to both of you, basically. It almost seems unfair, right? Because he knows. He knows. But God knows us as well. That's why when you hear his voice, when he's starting to lead you, don't harden your heart. Listen. You you, You know what you've done. He knows what you've done. So when he points it out, confess. Confess. Don't hold on to it. No, that never happened. Uh, Jedi mind trick. You know, doesn't work. Doesn't work with God. Call your husband. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. She doesn't lie about it. I love that Jesus cuts her off. She didn't say, I have no husband. This guy won't marry me no matter what. He'd just rather live together. Or I have no husband because I'm not marrying this guy. I've been down that road before. Jesus cuts her off. I have no husband. Jesus says, yeah, you've answered well. You've answered well. Well said that I have no husband. For you've had five husbands. And the one whom you're with now is, well, he's not your husband. And that you spoke truly. So he just outed her on her sexual sin. Just outed her on this life that she's been living. Jesus knows her. He knows us. And obviously he has an incredible respect for marriage. And so should we. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Like, oh boy, I met one of those guys. Well, again, I think there's a pause before verse 20. She doesn't want to talk about the water. She doesn't want to talk about husbands. Let's take this to a religious argument. Those are always fun. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, not tramp, right? Not, you know, dirtbag, sinner. He calls her woman. The same word he used for his own mom. He gives her respect. Believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. 
You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. What do you mean? You worship what you don't know. Well, I kind of see the same thing happening today, right? I mean, I'm a former Catholic, I think. I went a couple of times a year. I gave a whole bunch of money that I had in big wads, and I thought I was okay with God. But I didn't know what I worshiped. Wait, wait, wait. You mean like when we do communion like we did this morning? You guys actually think that that bread becomes the body and that juice be actually becomes the blood? What is transubstantiation? Is that like a bus that leaves a terminal and doesn't go back? I mean, what is that? Like, wait, what do you guys believe? Wait, you believe that I get saved, but only as long as I keep coming to a mass. And why do we call it a mass? Why did we speak in Latin for so many years in the Catholic Church? Oh, so nobody would understand what we were saying. I got it. <laughs> we worshiped what we didn't understand, what we didn't know. Why do we love the word of God? Because now we know. Yeah. Now we know what he's calling us to do. Amen. We know how we're to behave with one another. We're, we're to know what love looks like, sacrifice looks like, service, what it looks like. You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship. It's been like this since the very beginning. We know what we worship. But the hour's coming, and now is. Don't miss that part. He says, the hour's coming. We know that hour that's coming, right? But he said also, now is. Now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father, listen, in spirit and truth. And truth. Why is this so missing in the church today? Well, the truth is only one truth. Amen? Yes. Amen. Jesus said, thy word is truth. Yeah. So we know, okay, when he says truth, he means the word of God. Right. So why is truth missing from worship today? Because the word of God is missing from worship. You may not know or you may know your church is rare. Having these in front of you on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night, you people go to church on a Wednesday? You ever hear that one? Uh, yeah, we have a midweek Bible study. Why do you need something like that? There's a bowling league. Don't you know about bowling? Oh, we're people of the word. We're people of the word. Why do we worship in spirit and in truth? Because we have the truth. The church today, you go into a church, no windows, a whole lot of smoke, black paint on everything, the worship team, if that's what you want to call it, just a band to me. I think Metallica was at the last place I saw. Anyway, <laughs> and it's loud. You can't even talk slowly or closely to the person next to you. It's so loud. How is that worshiping in spirit and in truth? No, let's, let's drown out the pain. But isn't that what they do on Saturday night in the clubs? Don't we in, in, infuse a whole bunch of alcohol and have the music so loud and it's so dark? Then we'll start the strobe. I'll tell you, it, it, see some of these places that call themselves churches and you see strobe lights going and I'm just going, what in the world are we doing? Gang, and listen, be careful what well you drink from. Amen. This is a good well. This is a good well. 
You're being taught. You're being trained up in the word of God. There's safety in that. There's protection in that. And I know your pastor says the same words that I say to my congregation. Don't believe what I'm saying. Okay? Don't believe what I'm saying. Go back and read it for yourselves. Go back and study this for yourselves. It'll only bless you. Gang, we're, we're at Calvary Chapel. What time, how long do I go here? Till 1.30? 2 o'clock? What time is that? <laughs> I lost track of time. You just start going like this, like you're having some kind of seizure, and I'll stop. <laughs> it's rare. It's even rare in our area here. My wife and I, we were visiting churches when we first came to North Carolina back in the 2006. And uh, they told me... Uh, I just walked in with my Bible. And back in those days, I had a really, like, you know, a family heirloom I used to walk around with because it had all notes and stuff in it. And uh, the guy tells me, oh, brother, you don't need that here. And I went, what, my wife? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, your Bible. You don't need that here. Oh, I got it. Bye. And I walked out. I walked out. But that's, we were looking for a church because I kind of felt the call on my life, but I didn't think I was called to be a church planter, right? I don't recommend that to anybody, <laughs> okay? I mean, if you want to experience it, put a fan on high speed, put your face in it, and have somebody throw darts at your back. <laughs> kind of similar, kind of similar. Ask Kevin. He'll tell you all about it. Um, I thought I was going to be the support guy. You know, I, I thought I'd be plunging toilets during a service, doing my part. I love Jesus. I just want to serve him. I don't want to serve him here. I'll serve him back there. Well, I don't have a position back there. I want you to serve me here. Oh. And that's what Calvary chapels, man, are made of. People that just love the Lord Jesus Christ, man. Amen. And then the Lord picks on a man or picks on a, on a woman to start leading different ministries. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll tell a woman, hey, hey, I want you to stay, start taking some of these younger gals and teach them up on how to be good wives. You got to listen to that call. He'll, he'll tell some guys, hey, I want you to start doing some uh, prison ministry. Hey, I want you to serve in parking lot. And listen, let me step on some more toes. If you're here and you don't serve here, right? You don't serve at all. You just attend. You are missing out out on what God has for you. I promise you, you can, Christianity, you cannot sit on the sidelines, okay? And you know, you know where our church, and I'll just say our church, right? I'm, I'm a part of this thing. You know where we're headed. God has something bigger and better. Why? Because Kevin has been faithful, because the staff has been faithful. God is going to broaden the horizon. But if you think that you can do church there, with the same amount of people volunteering that are here, woof, let one more 9-11 happen. Let one more happen. There won't be room for any of us to sit in the seats. There will be non-believers coming in with crushed hearts and fearful spirits because they don't know where to turn. You know where to turn because you've drank from that well, because you're living at that well. You know what falsehood sounds like. You know what the truth sounds like. And we've been called into service, man, to serve him. Now let me get back. I'm going to ask that you stop interrupting me as I go through. 
she's blown away by what she's hearing. She doesn't know what to do with it. Must have blown her mind. Verse 25, she wants to argue some more. The woman said to him, Lord, I know the Messiah is coming, who's called the Christ. When he comes, he'll tell us all things. Him I'll listen to. I'm waiting on a Messiah that can forgive me. I'm waiting on a Messiah that is merciful. I'm waiting on a Messiah so that I can trust in that man and never trust a man again. I am done with this life. I want my Messiah. Can I just end this conversation right now? Can I just get out of here? And I think Jesus lets it simmer for a second. My mind's eye, I think she's sitting at the well at this point. I think she's sitting right on it. I think Jesus is still leaned up against it. I think he looks her in her eyes. And he tells her what he's not willing to tell anybody else. You're looking for Messiah? The one who's speaking to you is he. What goes on in her? You, you understand? He, at this point, he hadn't even told his disciples. He told them they didn't get it. A little thick. All this is happening. They're still down at Subway. All right? The guy put the pickles on. I don't want pickles. Did you make that sandwich with ham? I'm a Jew. Now, at this point, and, and please, again, he reveals this to her. Look, the, the world doesn't want anything to do with her. And God comes to her and reveals the greatest truth about himself. God is no respecter of men or women. None. And I say thank you, God, for that. Amen. Not a respecter of, 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 of people. He sees hearts. Yes, he sees hearts and he uses people. And listen, just for a second, let me just say this. Man, if you've been in prison and now you're out and you think, well, I can never really be used. That's foolishness. Foolishness. Again, we have, we have former heroin addicts at our church. Former. Former drug dealers. One of them's a deacon. One was a, a, a wife abuser. God's using them in mighty ways. I even heard a, a rumor that one of the guys, man, was in the mob and he was a collector and, and he preaches sometimes. I, and that's amazing to me. God wants to use this woman's life in the same way he wants to use your life. Doesn't matter where you're from. I don't care if you were in a biker gang. I don't care if you were some kind of thug. God uses the least of these to do the greatest of these works. It's who he is. He can't deny himself. And church, listen, for where this church is headed, it's going to take everybody. I don't know what the prayer meetings here look like. I haven't been to one yet. But I pray that every single one of you are here at the prayer meetings. I hope it's not an empty house. 
We have to have unity in the body of Christ. Whether it's this church, uh, the church that I pastor, or any other church, it has to be unity. Trusting, believing, seeking. Yes. Man, I, I respect your pastor. I love your pastor. I do, not just as a brother in the Lord, but as a friend and as a man. Man, he took a massive blow on the chin, and he just keeps going. And I love that because he puts his faith in Jesus Christ. And, you know, and we, as a church, we, we pray for him weekly. We pray for him weekly as a church, that God would take him, man, to new heights and use his life more deeply. Stand with that man. Lift that man's hands. He's got a massive weight on him. But you can lift it in prayer. You can get behind the ministry, serving, letting him know that you love him. Because, man, he's, he's, well, he's just like us. He's just like me. Somebody that God is using. And I'm sure he's blown away by it too. At this point, his disciples came back. They marveled that he talked with a woman. You're talking to a woman? So anybody says that Jesus used to talk to the women all the time. These guys are marveling. Wow, we never see him do a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a woman. This is so out of the normal. And she's a Samaritan. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water pot, the very reason why she was there in the first place. She just leaves her water pot. This is way, oh, it's overload. I can't handle this. Forget the water pot. She went away into, uh, into the city and she said to the, come on, what does it say? The men. She didn't go to the women's hall. She didn't go to the laundromat, right? Oh, they won't have anything to do with her. She goes to the men. Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And you can just imagine, like the men, wait, wait what? You, you, you told him what? And he told you what? Did he mention my name? You know they're nervous. You know they're nervous. <laughs> now, you got to hand it to him. Verse 30 says, then they went out of the city and they went to go meet with Jesus themselves. They came to him. This woman has influence. No nonsense. And they trust her. They trust her to say the truth. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, Eat. I love that they were worried for him. I think that's a, that's a good picture. We should worry for one another. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know. You don't know. You don't know what food I got. And you know these guys, right? You know these guys. They're looking around for a Taco Bell. What? What? Yeah. Pizza Hut? Is there a Pizza Hut here? Falafel? A falafel house? <laughs> Some of you got that. And if you go, if you go to a Waffle House, please know Jesus. <laughs> Public service announcement. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but you hear me, right? You all hear me. Yeah, yeah. You know. Now, they got good bacon. I'm just, I'll say they got good bacon. But... <laughs> Therefore, his disciples said to one another, has someone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will 
of him who sent me and, and to finish the work. Gang, listen. When's the last time you did something in the name of the Lord? You know that it was a divine appointment. He led you somewhere. And man, you're overjoyed. This happened to me, you know, there's this uh, burger place by us. It's probably out here. I'm not going to give them any credit because I don't want to. Uh, but they're from Wisconsin and they do like cheese curds and all that stuff. But they make these burgers, right? They call them butter burgers. That's all I'll tell you. And they're, they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. I hate that they're so good. And this one day I was starving. I had come up from Charlotte. By the time I got to the exit, I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah, a little dramatic, but Okay. <laughs> And I go into the place and I get online and, and there's a guy there and he's got a t-shirt on. I didn't say at the first service what it was, but it was Aussie. It was an Aussie t-shirt. And uh, man, I, you know, I remember when I was in the world and I was into all that stuff and I was into Sabbath and, and I just saw it and I go, hey, uh, you like that band? You like them? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I used to be uh, big time into, into Sabbath when I was younger and then, uh, and when Aussie broke out, you know, and uh, Randy Rhodes was with him, we had this conversation. And I said to him, uh, I was a big fan. I said, and, and, then, uh, and then Jesus came into my life and we had to part ways. And I started telling him about the Lord. And, and I was going to get to that question, man. You know, do you want to get saved? I was going to lead up to that. But then as you lead up to that, I said, like, hey, so, so you know the Lord? And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian? Huh. Huh. Hey, come on, have a seat with me. And because of my size, generally people don't say no. <laughs> so he goes, we have a seat. And I said, bro, you're supposed to be representing Jesus Christ, yes. not Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne don't need you representing him. That dude's fit for life. And he don't even know you exist. As a matter of fact, he don't even know he exists. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for the subtitles, you had no idea what Ozzy was saying. And that's going back a long time, a long time. Anyway, the point of the story is this. <laughs> I was able to lead the guy in a prayer of repentance, bringing him back to the Lord because he had been so far from God. He hadn't been worshiped. He hadn't been to a church a long, long time. And uh, I was able to pray with him in that restaurant uh, right at the front, about 25 feet or whatever from the front counter. And I was able to pray loud, loud, prayed for him. Lord, my man, he repents. And Lord, he wants to give his life back to you. He's not living a Christian life. But Lord, most people aren't either in this place. <laughs> l l people were walking and they just stopped. The whole place, I'm telling you, they had more respect for prayer than most churches do. And, and I was able to, to pray in Jesus' name and this and that. Um, and, and this guy's weeping and everybody around is like, okay, can we move now? You know, and, and I'm doing the work of the Lord and I got, I forgot to eat. I forgot to eat. And I, I got back in my truck and I'm driving home and I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> I'll cut down to verse 37 because we're running long. For this saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored. And you have entered into their labors. There are those who have gone before us. And gang, listen, the day is here. We are going to reap a harvest.
okay? Be expecting people to be coming in by the droves. And, and I know you get excited. Oh, we're going to be at one service. <laughs> Should I break the news to him now or just want to just wait? I'll come back and teach while it's one service. But when you go to two, I might be out. I don't know. Because it's going to happen. You know? The world is hungering. The world is thirsting. There's a lot of Samaritan women in the world. They need to feel welcomed in our church. Right? Doesn't matter what walk of life. Oh, but yeah, but I'm a homosexual. Yeah, and? Come. Now repent. And be changed. Be delivered. That's the God that we serve. Yeah, but I'm an alcoholic. Okay. Don't be. Give your life to Christ. Let's go. Uh, my marriage is failing. I know the fix for that. My kids, my kids walked away from the Lord. Okay. I know a place where the entire church will start praying for your children. We serve a God of mercy. We serve a God of miracles. And God is up to a good work here. And he won't stop until we see him face to face. So let us not stop. Amen? Amen. God bless you, church. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing in this place. I thank you, Lord, for everybody serving here, Lord, from the worship team to the sound team, the ushers, the greeters, the security team. Lord, for the pastors, Lord. I thank you for each and every one of them, Lord. Bless them. And, and Lord, just lead them. Lead them. Bless their pastor. Lord, bless this ground and the ground that they're going to. Lord, a, a ground that you have shown them, Lord, a beautiful place. I thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. And I look forward to what, uh, what you'll still do yet in the future. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.